Amen. I hope you've got room. I often skip dessert when I'm looking at the menu. I think, oh, that looks really good. But I never order it at the beginning because by the time I get to dessert, I haven't got enough room left. So we're very full this morning. Um, I'm really blessed. Well, it's, it's, it's a two-pronged fork. When Jed says, um, can you preach? There's no theme. So you actually think, okay, God. <laughs> you know, if someone says there's a theme, you actually, you get a thought and you, you know, go along with that. But I like when there's no theme because you have to really seek God about what he wants to say. And... Um, been really blessed. This has been stirring in my heart for a little while now, the thoughts I'm sharing. But the Holy Spirit's really been speaking into it the last couple of weeks. And I feel like I've got part two to Ben's word. And I understand Gwen's got part three coming in a couple of weeks. So we've all been thinking the same. We've all been learning the same. We've all been being refreshed in the same. And I, I, I believe that God wants to bless all of us with that. You know, I journal. <clears throat> I don't know if you do, but um, it hasn't always been a habit, but for a long time now it has. And I love looking back at the little things I've written down. You know, just a one-line verse, um, a prayer that I've prayed. Sometimes it's half a page, sometimes it's a page, sometimes it's one line. But I went back and a thing that kept coming through my journal recently is, Lord, help me be more aware of your presence. You know, none of us, when we've invited Jesus into our heart, none of us need more of him. We've got all of him. You know, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us when we belong to him. But I have to admit, I don't always live in that reality. I want to, but I'm not always there. All of his fullness dwells in me. You know, I've had um, an interesting year. <laughs> I can't believe it's November. Um, I've had family members um, that have passed away in New Zealand and we haven't been able to go. I've had family members who have been really sick. I've had some friends who have had massive health struggles. Um, I've had difficult situations at work and I've often found myself feeling really quite flat. Just being honest, I've been flat and I haven't known what to do. And I've consciously had to drag myself away from wrong thinking. I've had to remind myself of the truth of how God sees me and not get caught up in my emotions of what I'm facing. We sang it this morning. Jesus is an anchor for our soul. Our soul is our thoughts, our feelings, and our emotions. And he wants to be an anchor for those things in our lives. He wants to be a stabilizer. He wants to be the thing, the anchor, that stops us from drifting and being swept away by the tides of our emotions. You know, it's not an uncommon place. I'm not that different to the rest of you. I don't think. <clears throat> um, and, you know, we can be travelling along really well 
everything's working, work's good, family's good, finances are good, and something happens and we go from here to here, almost in a heartbeat. And I look at those times and I think, how can that be? You know, we can, I'm not talking about um, being on a spiritual high, I'm talking about being stable, confident in who we are in Christ. You know, the emotions that we feel when we have a negative medical report, when there's conflict in a relationship or a relationship breakdown, where we get overlooked at work or our finances are a little shaky, those emotions are all very real. And God gave us those emotions. They're not, they're not a bad thing. God gave us our emotions, but he doesn't want them to rule us. But he's very aware of our nature to do this, and he's given us heaps of promises. Now, you could find on every page of the Bible a promise from God, but I've just picked out a few. Be strong and courageous, for I am with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. The fire will not burn you. The floods will not overwhelm you. I am for you, not against you. I am with you until the end. I have overcome the world. I am a very present help in trouble. I love this one. I will finish what I have started. You know, there's a reason these promises are all through Scripture, and it wasn't just for the men and women of old. They're just as relevant today. If we have doubts, fear, unanswered prayer, if we're tossed by circumstances, it doesn't mean that our faith isn't enough. It's actually normal. It's what we do when those things come that sets us apart. You know, and Ben mentioned it last week, you can be confessing, the promises of God with your mouth, but underneath you're paddling like a duck like crazy, trying to stop from sinking. That's the reality of our life. God knew we'd need these promises. And um, there's just a few of those guys that I'd like to talk about this morning, just briefly. Um, ben talked about it last week as being the journey from the paddock to the palace. So how do we get from here back to here? where we're meant to be. It's not complicated. There aren't seven steps to victory. It's really quite simple. Psalm 91 tells us to come and abide. Come and dwell in his presence. Psalm 91 is a wonderful psalm about the dangers of the world and the things that come against us. We don't talk about pestilence, you know, but we know what it means when hard times come, when danger comes, when, when challenges come our way. just like to read um, just a couple of verses from... Um, I've got the passion and the message here. Oh, that's really hard to read. <laughs> I'm getting old. <laughs> Okay, here we go. I've magnified it. <laughs> when you sit enthroned under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. 
It's not our strength anymore. It's his. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me. The only God for me and my great confidence. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. And this is his promise. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray. And you will find and feel my presence, even in your time of pressure and trouble. I will be your glorious hero and give you a feast. You will be satisfied with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. And in the message, just at the end there. If you hold on to me for dear life, says God, I'll get you out of trouble. I'll give you the best of care if you'll only get to know and trust me. Call me and I'll answer. Be at your side in bad times. I'll rescue you, then throw you a party. I'll give you a long life and give you a long drink of salvation. I mean, that's, that's just really, that's really precious. I'd also like to look, that those are wonderful promises, but sometimes we're not there. If we could turn to Mark chapter 9, if you've got your Bible with you. In, from verse 14, this is a story about a man whose son can't talk. He talks about an evil spirit coming upon him and throwing him in the fire. He has seizures. Now, as a parent, that would be terrifying. I, I, I feel for this dad. And he took, he took his son to the disciples, but the disciples couldn't do anything. And the disciples said, and, and the father then took him to Jesus and said, I asked your disciples, but they couldn't help him. And we often, in this story, we often look at the faith aspect. We look at the unbelief. And we forget to realise that the boy got healed. Something wonderful happened in the midst of their not being able to do it themselves and not having enough, not having enough faith. God healed the boy and he was made whole. You know, I mean, it's, it's amazing. And if you're a parent, um, you know what it means to be vulnerable when your children are unwell. It's the greatest place of vulnerability because you can't fix the problem. And it leaves us feeling helpless and out of control. Jesus said to the dad, anything is possible if a person believes. Now, I've read that at times, and I've thought, okay. <laughs> and, and you can think that it's up to me, but it's actually not. The father's response really blesses me. He said, I believe. Help me in my unbelief. You know, he came with honesty, and Jesus heard his cry. And he didn't condemn the father. He didn't say, oh, if only you had more faith. He actually heals his son. He met the man, and he met the need right where they were at. 
But he went on later when he was alone with his disciples to talk about how this type comes only from a lifestyle of prayer and worship and fasting. We have to be doing the hard yards back here, the connecting with God back here to have what we need up here. You know, Joshua in the Old Testament was one of the 12 spies. He saw things from God's perspective and not the natural. But where did he learn to do that? Long before he was a leader, long before he was sent to spy out the land, he was an assistant to Moses as a young man. He's actually, he's mentioned first in the Bible, way back in Exodus. Now, I, I saw this this week, a few weeks ago, and I went, oh, I haven't seen that before. But years before he was famous and being used by God, God was working in his life. In Exodus chapter 33, Moses had been in the tent of meeting. He had met with God, came out with the glory all over him, and they all went back to the camp. But Joshua stayed. He stayed in the presence of the Lord. And because of that, he developed a lifestyle of obedience. And this is in Joshua 1, a lifestyle of obedience, studying and meditating on the word, spending time in God's presence. And as a result, God's promise to him was that he would always be with him. Samuel, great prophet, spoke into the kingdom of Israel powerfully. But he learnt to hear from God when he was a boy. In the first place, the temple was in all sorts of disarray. It wasn't a healthy spiritual place. The, the priests were doing offering um, unclean sacrifices and taking things for themselves that they shouldn't have been. And Samuel's there as a young boy. And it's where he learnt to hear the voice of God because he got close. He actually slept beside the ark. He positioned himself right where God's presence was. You know, I believe we're more up here. We're more stable, less ups and downs when we position ourselves to hear from God, when we come and we abide. One thing we need to be careful of in a world where there are so many resources available to us is that we don't spend our time with God only immersing ourselves in good teaching on YouTube. We don't spend our time only going to great conferences, only hearing from God through other people's devotionals, only listening to other worship. They're all wonderful, and I use all of them, and I need all of them, but they cannot take the place of our own relationship, our own connection with the Holy Spirit in his presence. You know, we need to be spending time every day asking God to speak to us. When we open our word, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Show me something fresh. Show me something new. Being honest before him and giving thanks for all he's done in us and for us is coming and abiding. That's being real before God, pouring out our heart to him. 
You know, God doesn't expect us to be anyone other than who we are. He doesn't expect us to be anywhere but where we are. But he does want to take us on. And the best place to get to here is to make a start. To come to Jesus. Get alone with him and get to know him more intimately. That's real worship. When we're not feeling like we've got anything. When we come and we start to give thanks like we heard in the communion message this morning. When we start to say thank you, Lord. When we start to remind ourselves. When we start to encourage ourselves and start to lift our hearts. That's real worship. When life's falling apart and we choose to come into his presence and lift our hearts, that's real sacrifice. We're acknowledging that he is the lifter of our heads. Our cry, help me in my unbelief, is not a weak or a negative prayer. But it's an, an acknowledgement that I haven't got enough. In myself, I'm not enough. But in you, I have everything I need. Our faith isn't in what God can do, but in who he is. He is faithful. He is healer. He is protector. He is comforter. He is peace. You know, I purchased a baby gift recently. Sorry, Ben, spoiler alert. It's for Judah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a book, and I like giving books. The title is, The World Needs Who You Were Made to Be. The world needs you and who you were made to be. And the blurb on the back states, Today is the day for the ride of our lives. <laughs> it's about balloons and how we're all different. And I just love the simplicity of, The world needs us. The world needs Christ in us, and that's who we want to take. And I believe that we are game changers. I believe that we are world changers. It may not be global, but I believe that as I'm connected to Jesus, I can change my world. I can change. I can see a difference in my circumstances and in the people that God's put me with. My world needs me to be who God made me to be. But it's a journey. And um, we can all fall into this trap. We get so focused on the destination that we miss the journey. We neglect to see and experience the thing that God's got for us along the way. You know, we see, we see challenges as, as a negative thing. And yet, they can be tough. I'm not negating that. But in it, God wants to draw us to him. He wants to transform us through those things and he wants to mature us. We had some professional development at school the other day uh, about the maths brain and uh, there's no such thing as I don't have a maths brain. So for all of you who go, I don't do maths. <laughs> so anyway, but the thing that was really interesting, that was really interesting was science has proven the synapses in our brain fire the most when we're making mistakes. When life is easy, our brain is asleep. Go figure. <laughs> I didn't know that. 
nurses all probably did. But, you know, it's, it's the same spiritually. You know, when things are easy, when we're coasting, we can neglect those things that we know that keep us strong. You know, we don't want to have to wait until life's difficult to press in. We don't have to wait till we're at the end of ourselves. The invitation is to come every day. You know, abide is an old English word. You don't hear it very much today. But basically, in today's terms, it means to hang around, to stick with something, to dwell, to live. You know, we become like the people we hang around with. If we want to be more like Jesus, we need to hang around with him. In his word, in worship, talking to him, being honest with him. Sometimes all we need to do is sit and let his presence wash over us. Lovely presence here this morning. You know, it was a real washing. You know, I'm a person who showers in the morning so that I'm fresh for the day. The Holy Spirit wants to shower us. He wants to refresh us. He wants to come and be a part of our everyday so that we're equipped. But we have to step into his presence. The world would tell us to hedge our bets, to not have all our eggs in one basket. But in Christ, we have everything we need. And he's faithful and won't disappoint or fail us. In the last few months, um, I heard a sermon a few months ago, and I've started doing this. Before going to sleep at night, um, I have trouble sleeping, and I have been consciously, consciously positioning myself. It's almost like I physically, in my mind, enter his rest and enter his presence. And as I'm going to sleep, I say, Holy Spirit, Speak to me as I sleep. I so want to be aware of his presence that I want him to speak to me. He doesn't sleep. My spirit doesn't sleep. So it makes sense. He can speak to me as I'm sleeping. I tell you, some of the dreams I've been having, (laughs) I have been praying for people. My latest one was I'm at school. And someone second, someone laid their hand on my, th- on my shoulder and they said, pray for them. Well, did I pray? <laughs> and I'm not in a Pentecostal situation. Did I pray? And I called out on God and I called down heaven and I'm singing in the spirit over this person. And I believe something happened in the spirit. I believe that situation, something has changed in that situation. And it's just because I'm lifting my heart, saying, Lord, use me. Lord, speak to me. Lord, touch me as I sleep. It's exciting. And when I'm awake, I wake in the morning and I'm starting to learn to do more about just entering into his presence, entering into his rest, rather than getting... We're busy getting up and getting going. But taking that time, even while lying in bed, this is not my quiet time, but just lying in bed, saying, Lord, I'm yours. Come and speak to me. Move through me today. I have a special chair in my house, but I can't stay there all day. It would be nice sometimes. It's a bit like being married. You know, Shane and I don't spend every waking moment together. (laughs) He's 
he's going, <laughs> you know, he goes to work, I go to work, we do have our different friends, we do different things. But we're still married when we're not together. We're still married. Now, we don't have to have a physical distance with the Lord. He's with us everywhere we go. But I want to be more aware, you know, aware of him. And I want the distance and the time between going from here to here to get shorter and quicker. I want it to be my first response is to take things to the Lord. You know, if you're not, if you're listening to this and you think, oh, yeah, yeah, I know I need to do that. If you're not where you want to be today, all we need to do is make a start. Determine in your heart today to make a start. The enemy of our souls would try and condemn us and say, well, you've missed the mark. It's too late for you. There's no hope for you. And the biggest one he throws at us Christians, your faith is never going to be enough. But in Christ, there's no condemnation. Only acceptance and the power to overcome. Some of my most meaningful times with God have started with a prayer. God, here I am. This is me. This is where I'm at. Help me. And I start and I just spend time. I might sing a psalm. You know, making up my own tune. I might put worship music on, but I start, God, here I am. I need you. A few years ago, Shane was really quite sick and um, he'd been in hospital and he'd come home and he was sitting sleeping in his chair and um, one of our children (laughs) did a Tommy and said, um, Mum, is Dad going to die? I tell you, your heart, how do you answer that? (laughs) You know, because my emotions are all like this, do you know? And at that point, what the doctors were saying, Shane was going to die. Do you know? It, it, you know, if, the, if he didn't have what they thought he did, but if he had, he wouldn't be here today. But God. And another child got really angry at how I was handling it. I'm sitting there, I'm trying to hold this family together. Clyde comes in and just sits beside Shane and just sits. It's one of the things Shane remembers as a real blessing. I went into the bedroom and I sat on my bed and tears were streaming down my face and I just went, God help, I can't do this. And from that point, something actually started to shift. You know, God's not afraid God's not intimidated by our fear and our doubts. He wants to meet us there. You know, they're real. We don't have to be this some super spiritual giant. God knows we're human. He gave us emotions. He wants us to bring everything and all we are into his presence. You know, there were still challenges with Shane's um, health and it was quite a journey. But I remember the day vividly when we went to the specialist and I came out and we were standing outside the specialist's store and in the spirit I felt there was a line and I stepped over that line and we're not going back there. It was a process to get to that point. It didn't happen overnight 
but God was faithful to journey with me and with us. You know, just two or three years ago, um, our son Dan had an accident with his hand. And he was lights and sirens in the ambulance all the way to the Royal. And my neighbour Sarah came and gave me a cup of tea before she'd let me drive. But I'm praying down, you know, in the car, trying not to speed on the highway. And I'm praying, praying in tongues. And all of a sudden my prayer changed and it was, thank you God for your faithfulness to Dan. It changed from Lord help. It changed from Lord save his hand. It's changed from all that emotion to thank you God for your faithfulness to Dan. And we got to the hospital and um, everyone was amazed at, at what had happened. And yeah, God was faithful. God was faithful to Dan and he was faithful to be with us. And yes, there was a journey with that as well. Things don't change often. It would be nice if they changed overnight. But we're journeying with the Lord. You know, we don't have to wait until we're desperate. With a need or thirsty to dig a well. This is what we're talking about. Digging a well in the presence of the Lord. Letting the Holy Spirit fill us with living water. With his power with his courage, with his peace. I wonder if the Sasha, if the team could come up. Actually going to sing a new song this morning. Um, I walked into church and Sasha was just fiddling with a song. I said, oh, Sasha, that's, that's my word. <laughs> and so they've done, they've, they've scurried around and they've, they've got it together. You know, we want to, this morning, if you're a picture person, picture your life as eggs and put them all in one basket. Put them in the basket that Jesus holds in his hands. Get tight with the Holy Spirit. Don't have to be afraid to be real with God. He loves us, warts and all. Let's remind ourselves this morning that his mercies are new every day and that he's constantly inviting us to be washed and refreshed in his presence. Purpose in your heart today. This has come, to, about four people have said this this morning. Purpose in your heart today to get closer. And as the song says, to stay a little longer, to draw from his strength, draw from his presence. Keep the water in your well near the top so that when something happens, you don't have to get that bucket right down and it takes a while to get the water up. Don't be in a place where you have to dig a new well or unstop an old one. Determine in your heart to do it today and have the water level up high so that he's there. Let's press in like our lives depend on it because it does. Our lives depend on the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. Determine in our heart this morning to be a game changer, to be one who may not always be up here, but we're on a trajectory. We're growing. We're journeying with the Lord so that we can impact our world, be the person who we were made to be. The world needs us. God wants to use us. So this morning, let's, um, you might like to sit 
and just meditate on the words. You might like to come forward and have someone stand with you and believe together. You might want to stand. Whatever it is you feel the Holy Spirit's prompting you to do, don't hold back. It might be to get down on your knees and to lift your hands. Listen to the voice of the Lord. Listen to what he's prompting you to do today. And enter in. He's waiting and he's saying, come and be filled.